0: Welcome to the Cumberland River Compact's River Talks podcast. Thanks for tuning in and joining our River Talks community. This season, we're bringing you something a little different. Instead of recording live River Talks, we've switched it up and hosted interviews with a variety of guests. The talks were recorded on Zoom, so just a heads up if the audio sounds a bit different. Now to this week's River Talk. Welcome to River Talks. This is our online interview version of River Talks. I'm Katherine Price, the River Talks program manager, and today we're excited to host a team of people here as part of our interview. And these are all students from Vanderbilt University. As part of a final project, we worked with this awesome group, along with a few others, to develop an in-stream tool to help collect surface level litter. If you've ever seen or heard of um, the Mr. Trash Wheel, that is pretty famous. It's a little bit similar to that concept, but we'll talk a lot about some of the key differences between the, the approach that these students take, took and that approach. Um, we also have Ross Miller on the line. He is our Clean Streams coordinator who has been working with these, this group of students. So today we've got three mechanical engineering students. We've got Eric Shanahan, Matthew McDonald, and Serena Hostetter. And then we've got Sam Roland, who's a civil engineering student. So this group along with um, a few other students helped to bring this project together. So just to kick it off, um, would you guys be able to
1: describe your project and what you all were working on? Sure, I'm gonna take this question for us. Um, So as you kind of described a little bit, we were working on building what we called a stream litter collector. Um, and the point of this project was to design a device that could collect surface-level trash, and we were working specifically in Mill Creek. Ross told us that a lot of trash has been washing in off the roads and been feeding into Mill Creek from other smaller streams and creeks, so we wanted to try and collect as much of this litter, uh, the surface-level litter, as possible before it gets to the Cumberland River Um, because once it gets there, it kind of gets... Filled with water and broken up a little bit and sinks to the bottom and is a lot more difficult to collect once it gets there and can also lead to the microplastics becoming an issue once they start to break down in there. Um, So we wanted to make this device to collect the surface level litter in Mill Creek but also create a device that could be recreated and placed in other creeks and streams around Nashville um, once we got this first prototype sorted out. Awesome. And
0: could you clarify just again what? Surface le- surface level litter means versus other
1: types of litter that we might find in our streams?: Sure. So we were uh, targeting the kind of stuff that you see floating on the surface. Um, if you've ever been out to these waterways, you may have seen it. Uh, it's mostly water bottles, plastic bags. Um, sometimes it can get into a little bit larger stuff, but just kind of stuff that you would expect people to kind of like throw out their car window that would end up in the streams and be floating down and that is visible. Awesome. Yeah, because
0: we talk a lot about that litter that ends up kind of embedded in the stream bank Um, during cleanups. A lot of times it's better almost to keep that stuff in, because when you start pulling stuff out, you end up with a lot of sediment and erosion. And so it's obviously still an issue, but that surface level litter is easier to clean up before it ends up kind of embedded into those waterways. And so I know you guys worked a lot with Ross and, and learning about litter. Was this a topic that interests you before, and how did you all kind of come together and feel like this was the topic you wanted to take on for your final project?
2: Yeah, so the way that Vanderbilt sets up the Mechanical Engineering Senior Design Program is that we didn't choose each other as a team. We all chose the topic. (laughs) Um, So we all individually found this project really interesting, and since we all ranked this as our top choice, we were put together to work on it. Um, I know for me personally, the reason that I chose this is because I care a lot about the environment. Um, I'm actually trying to go into environmental engineering. So it seemed like a really cool opportunity to put together all of the skills that I've learned over the past few years um, to help better the environment in our local community. And it was also just a really fun design challenge because there were so many different factors that we had to take into account, um, like our design from, the first day to the last day are completely different. So um, yeah, it was just a really fun project, which is what drew me into it and had a lot of obvious benefits to the community, which I really liked.
0: Awesome. Well, we're, we're excited that you guys were willing to take this, take this project on. So you talked a little bit, Serena, about some of the challenges that you guys experienced along the way. Do you guys want to talk about some of the interesting things that kind of had to deal with as you were developing this. And um, I know we don't really have a visual of what this looks like, but if you could describe a little bit about um, what that, that tool ended up looking like.
3: Sure. Yeah. So it's basically, if you can imagine, just a long set of two parallel rails that are, I mean, for our device that we put in Mill Creek, it was 24 feet long um and so that's basically going along the entirety of the bank and it's anchored at a point that is out of the water um and on those rails is an arm that is really easily able to kind of slide up and down and that arm just floats on the surface of the water and that's a design we came up with because one of the biggest requirements that we had to deal with was the really large change in water level that we not only saw at Mill Creek but a lot of other creeks around Nashville And so this rail sliding system basically allows for that arm to move up and down um, on that surface of the water for any water level, whether it's flooding or it's all the way down and it's a little bit drier. Yeah. Some of the biggest challenges like Serena had just mentioned were um, the changing environment of everything. Um, And one day could be an entirely different environment um, for this system than the next day, all depending on the weather and mother nature. And that's an exciting thing to, ha- to get to work with. Um, and so that's something that was really exciting to work with. But another thing that we learned a lot about and um, something that you don't necessarily get in kind of your technical degree in learning about it is um, designing for production and designing for kind of scalability so that this device and this idea can not only work in the creek that we were originally looking at, but it can also work in a bunch of different creeks all over the place, depending on the size, the water level change, things like that. And so a lot of what this project was for us was learning how to make it as modular as possible so that you can break it down and make it really small or really big based on whatever application you need. And additionally, kind of taking our design and being able to you know, make it as recreatable as possible reducing the amount of parts that you need to get custom made and so trying to make it as you know off the shelf as possible basically so that you can basically just get this parts list and get everything online or at Home Depot whatever and put it together without a ton of kind of machining work or things like that so a lot of this project and I think some of the coolest things we learned were in that aspect whereas kind of not only the design process but also making it as repeatable as possible.
0: And I know that those changing conditions are, were a big deal. I I know that at one point the device was completely flooded under the creek because it had rained so much and you all were like, "Uh, I can't do anything right now. It's out there. And so I think um, that kind of real world application is obviously really key. And in these techniques, you know, we see things like the Mr. Trash Wheel and they look so cool. But then when you start to realize all these factors about how much Mill Creek in particular fluctuates up and down, it makes it really difficult to implement it. So would you say that was the most difficult part of this project was sort of dealing with how that actual environment works?
3: Yeah, I think I think because most of, you know, most engineering projects or problems, things like that, you have, you know, your set environment with set dimensions and um, the river, not only like due to erosion just from the water, the cross section of the river looks different any given day, the height of the water changes, um, the width of the river changes. So, and again, like you said, with that flooding that we, (laughs) we, um, had to deal with, with one of our tests, um, it was exciting and, um, definitely difficult, but it, it helped us and it, and we learned a lot from it. So yeah, definitely that changing environment was probably the biggest, the biggest difficulty that we had with this.
0: Yeah. Well, it's exciting that you guys got to kind of work through some of those challenges as well. Obviously, very real-world application. So, I know um, you worked a lot with Ross, who's been thinking about this type of device for a long time. So, I know he kind of wanted to to see what you all were thinking about as this um, device moved forward.
4: Yeah, and I wanted to kind of say how uh, it was neat. This track system they went with was how different it is from this Mr. Trash Wheelie, uh, which is just set up. It's set up in the Baltimore uh, the harbor. Uh, Where the flow of water, of course, is much, much different than on uh, Mill Creek or anywhere here in the Cumberland where we're going to have, like they were saying, the change in the tides with the amount of storm we get, especially as much rain we got here in uh, the early spring, late winter. So what I uh, what I was most impressed about was how they took their sessions with uh, Gary from KCI, who served as kind of an advisor on this project. And they tweak, every time we saw them, they tweaked their projects. And you guys could kind of talk about the design changes. So initially, there was that bucket idea. And you could go on to talk about how that kind of like gravity flow would kind of work. Uh, and then you you ended up on this track system. And to see the growth throughout the months of that was very impressive. And it's cool to see where everybody's mind was going. Uh, this whole team was, as Catherine said earlier, a, a group of different engineers from different spectrums. Uh, so it was cool to see how all of your previous experience and all your all your tastes and your ideas kind of formed this one device. So would you want to go over how you kind of went from the initial design of that bucket to this, the final design?
3: Sure. Yeah. Um so that bucket system um our very very first design was looking at something called the Seabin and it's actually really popular out in the ocean and it's a powered device that's basically just picture a large trash bin with a net in it with a pump on the bottom and it just sucks water through it. And so as the water goes through any trash that might be in that water gets sucked in with it and just gets caught in the net where the rest of the water just goes out the bottom. And that obviously is really simple no kind of mechanically intricate parts um, and it's relatively easy to recreate and it can float on the surface of the water so it can change with water level and that's all something you know that we were really excited about. those were a lot of the you know requirements that we had to meet. Um, The biggest problem with that though was that it had to be powered. And for our system, um, there's trees everywhere, at least in Mill Creek. So kind of solar power and things like that were a little bit out of the question and we couldn't, you know, run a big extension cord over there. So we were excited about that idea, some aspects of it. um, But, you know, the active side of it, we kind of had to move away from. And like you had mentioned the Mr. Trash Wheel, that design is, it does have solar power. Um, But it's mostly powered by just the current of the river that it's in, and it has a water wheel on it. And so that current turns that water wheel, generates power for the device. Um, And that's something that we also looked into. That was another one of our original designs, was making a little bit of the same idea, a water wheel to power our actual device. And the biggest problem we ran into with that was the inconsistency of the flow rates of the water and so obviously you know after a big rain event while it's flooding the water is going to be going really fast we're going to generate a lot of power but there's no great way i mean other than batteries and batteries would have worked relatively well but there was no great way to store all of that energy that would have been created you know during those high flow scenarios to then use for when the water is barely moving or even in backflow which that stream um, can be sometimes so those self-powered uh, slash active devices we chose to move away from just because there are a lot of different a lot of different scenarios and, and it was hard to be confident that you know it would work all the time which is what we wanted it to be so we got to the track idea because when we first went to the river and we first kind of looked at it and you know you hear a, like an eight to ten foot change in water height and that sounds like a lot, but it's hard to really visualize. And then you go there and you see the differences before and after it rains. And it's like, whoa, okay, we need to reevaluate. And kind of the biggest design challenge then we we realized was we need to be able to mitigate this change in water height. And so we had a bunch of different options with that. And we did some prototyping to figure out what would be the best. And we went with this track system because, again, it's simple. It's completely passive. You don't need to power it at all. And um again it can work in any of those water heights which is something that we were looking for so it it was it was a lot of different iterations it kind of started with the collection area and then once we really got more experience with that stream we moved towards the actual like arm which is going to be what you know is actually collecting that trash um and moving it into a central location for it to be picked up and we realized that that arm was kind of a bigger priority with that changing water level. So that's kind of the path that we took to get there. It wasn't planned at all. Um, We kind of started off wanting to hit the ground running with a bunch of different ideas and we did a bunch of different research, um, kind of the things that I just talked about. And so we basically took all of these ideas and pick and chose kind of the different parts of them that worked best for our specific application. Um, And then from there, like I said before, kind of tried to make it as, Universal as possible um, after we kind of got that initial idea
2: One discovery that we had that ended up making our Current system work out. Well, which we didn't realize it was going to in the first place is um, One of the big things that we had to work around in Mill Creek is the fact that a lot of people use it for recreation people kayak and things like that so we originally thought that a system that had a long arm that extended into the water wasn't going to work very well because either it has to stick all the way across to collect all the trash, and then the kayakers can't go by, or you only have it cover part of the stream. And we thought that that wouldn't be very effective. Um, but one really cool thing that we realized throughout the course of the project with going down to the different streams is that if you place the device on a stream where there's a slight bend, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but you know, like streams weave around a little bit. And if you place the device on the outer curve of one of those bends, almost all of the trash ends up on that curve in like about one third of the width of the river. So we were able to implement an arm system that only takes up one third of the width of the river and still manages to collect almost all of the trash that flows through there. Um, So yeah, so that discovery definitely led the way to our current design, which was really cool.
4: Yeah, it should be noted, the, uh, the area you guys were working with was tough not only because of the flow, but also because of the backflow. As uh, previously mentioned, that it, the, this uh, creek right there by the mouth, by the Cumberland River. and So not, not just is the water coming, and a lot of water coming through the city out, dumping into Cumberland. Also, when there's a um, heavy amount of rain coming, backflow will get in there. Uh, we use this spot. It's actually adopted section by uh, Cumberland River Kayak and our adopt streams program. Uh, and it's heavily polluted. And that's actually why we came up with this, uh, this spot it's actually owned by the uh, Wessonofsky, which are good friends of the compact. Uh, and so you guys got to test it out. And, you know, as you were saying, and somewhere where, you know, with the water level changes so much, there was, you know, it was a great spot to test. And also probably the hardest spot to do your first test as, as well. You know, you were thrown in without a life jacket. Uh, and you could end up with the design you guys got. It was phenomenal. Is if the school year wasn't ending right here, and this project was not ending right now, what would you think the next steps would be that you would like to see you know, to go forward? What would you be doing next?
1: So as kind of mentioned before, our first testing did not go exactly how we intended it to go. It did end up probably about 10 feet underwater. Um, so that was tough. But we did get to learn a lot of positives from that, one of which being that our anchoring system is very effective. The device was still there when the water level went down and even with the high flow rates it didn't get washed away or anything so that was really exciting to go back out there when the water level was down and it was like still sitting there and still floating so like Serena said we learned that a lot of the trash flows along the bank uh, because of the faster flow rate on the outside of the curves so our next steps would have been to kind of tweak the device a little bit put kind of a backboard almost on the arm to kind of collect more litter and place it in an area on that outside curve where we were um, for our first test, we couldn't access that outside bend. So we were hoping to be able to get into a place where we could actually put our collection arm into the bend and see if we could get it to actually collect some trash this time and not get flooded. And then also potentially test it in some other creeks to see how it worked in a smaller area with less flow um, and different shapes of banks to see how um, versatile the system is.
2: Yeah um, another thing that we had considered adding if we had had the rest of the semester, um, I think it was Eric who was working on prototyping some potential options for easier removal of the trash out of the collection bin Um, because right now all of the trash accumulates into one little collection bin area on the side of the bank and it's not too bad to scoop out, Um, it's all in one section near where you're standing, but we thought that it would be nice to incorporate something, maybe a pulley system, um, where we could just pull the whole collection bin out of the water in case the device was attached to a steep bank where it was a little bit harder to access that trash. Um, So that's one improvement that we were considering making also if we had had more time.
1: Yeah, like Serena said, uh, the current way that we anticipate pulling the trash out is at the end of the arm, there's a little uh, metal collection bin area where the, the trash is supposed to rest and settle. Um, and the way we would get it out is sort of like a, like a pool net type of system because if the water level is lower during not a storm, then the, then the railing might not be at the very bottom of the – or might not be that close to the end of the water where you can stand. So you use a longer pool net to reach down and scoop out the trash from the bin. But like she said, like, that might not always be the most successful or easiest to access. Um, so we wanted to look at adding that pulley system that she had mentioned or some way to um, raise the collection area out of the water without actually removing the whole system from the water.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I'm sure if you guys had more time, all these great innovations would would come to light. So do you see um, this type of a device now that you've sort of seen how all those environmental conditions vary, all the kind of things you have to consider? Do you think that this type of device is is a really effective solution to start to look at for... Collecting surface litter um, on on streams, or do you feel like there's more things that need to be done before this can be more broadly implemented?
3: I think yes, um, and I I think we can we can bounce around too as well. But yeah, I think that as far as pure functionality, we've I think learned enough lessons to 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 be confident that um, <clears throat> you know, and when you know placed in the right spot in the river. Um, and uh, with like a full understanding of how that area of the river would flood to make sure that the system is entirely out of that, um, can't get flooded over, and is in a spot of, in the river where the trash is most likely to flow through. I think that we've kind of worked out all of the big things of getting the arm in the correct orientation and making sure that um, we have enough clearances so that the arm can slide up and down easily, even when it's you know, in a high flow scenario and with all of the sediment that is in rivers and streams like Mill Creek. And so we've, we've gone through um, with the with the various tests that we've had. Um, and I mean, beyond testing, kind of an analyzing it and looking at, um, you know, the flow rates of the river and the forces and stresses that that would put onto our system. Um, and looking at, you know, the safety factors and the materials that we use to make sure that everything that we use is strong enough, and it'll hold up in that river and Um, nothing will break in a way that it's not supposed to. We've pretty much gone through everything that we think is necessary. And so the final step is to, you know, just pick the right spot for it, um, which unfortunately we didn't have quite the right spot from there. I think it's once you get that right spot, then it can be implemented in a lot of different ways. In addition to that, kind of like we talked about before, how you can scale it up and scale it down really easily. And so maybe if it's not, if, you know, after further testing, it's not the best thing for a really large river because as you make that arm longer and longer, it might start to bend more and more. But for smaller streams, we might find that it works even better. So um, it's it's all dependent on you know picking that right spot, like I had mentioned. But I think we're we're confident that we've we've gone through the ringer and we've we've worked out all of the things that need to be worked out up to the point where it can be an effective system. So. Um, I think we all believe in it. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we 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 definitely see a future um,
0: should should it be pursued. So that's awesome. And and Ross, I'm gonna toss this back to you. So you're the clean streams coordinator. So you're you know I know you're out right now doing a, a litter cleanup on your own. From your point of view, you know you're out being being in these streams and seeing that that surface litter pollution. What made you really excited about this project as kind of a next step in, you know, protecting water quality?
4: Well, I think, uh, you know, my favorite part about Adopt-a-Streams program is that we get a group of people out there a few times a year to a spot they might not normally be in a park or in their neighborhood or just down on some stream and uh, cleaning it up three or four, two, three, four times. Uh, the only thing about that is still it's only being cleaned up two or three or four times when we know there's more and more trash, specifically plastic, this service level plastic wash it through there probably daily or at least every time it rains uh so my what i'm excited about is like this device uh when fit in the right area where it's not going to be flooded or it won't be overkill uh i think it could function great i'm right here on the candy fork right now if there was like a feeder creek or feeder stream a homeowner uh wanted something like this if they can go out and you know it's after you figure out how often it needs to be you know the trash needs to be taken away from it uh you know that could be uh, over time much more effective a daily cleaning up uh then you know and you go and pick it up once a week uh versus getting out there every few months it'd be i'm really i'm really excited and interested to see as we go further along with this thing is the the what the data is showing us on you know uh bags of trash collected a month uh and to see how you know with the rain season and if it peaks or if it doesn't peak because it's getting washed past it. It, it there's a lot of it like all the data that's going to come out of this and compare it to our current uh situation with the adoption program i'm really excited about
0: that's awesome do you guys have anything else that you want to add about the project
1: i think the only thing i'd like to say is that i think we all had a lot of fun doing this project um specifically for me being a civil um, a lot of civil projects are large scale things so you're just kind of designing the project so this is really exciting for me to get to actually get out in the field and build something and implement it and test it and so um, we're grateful to have been given the opportunity to work on this project and hopefully we were able to come out with something that can be useful in the future.
0: Thank you guys for for taking this project on. Like Ross said, I mean this the challenge of litter and water is such a big big challenge and there's so many ways to to enact change whether it's in you know obviously making sure people aren't littering and making sure that litter isn't getting into the stream in the first place but how can we clean up the litter that's already out there and it's a big problem and so I think all these little little ways to tackle that problem overall are making a big change so we really appreciate your effort put into this project and especially as your semester and year was was um cut short well thank you all again um really appreciate talking to you all and we'll share some information in our show notes um about the project and some photos and kind of what it looked like so you can start to see this prototype and we'll look forward to our our next iterations
3: amazing thank, thank you. you so much thank, thank
0: you. you before we close today's episode i wanted to give you a quick update on the project the cumberland river compact now has the litter collection device and we've started to test it out in new streams in middle tennessee in mid-may of 2020 we started to run some trials in mansker's creek up near Goodlitzville. We're excited to keep improving the device and to continue cleaning up our streams and rivers. We hope you enjoyed this week's interview. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified of every new episode. And if you have a minute, please rate and review our podcast. You can also support the Cumberland River Compact's River Talks program and podcast by making a donation. You can find a link in our show notes. We look forward to seeing you in the River Center in downtown Nashville soon. Until then, thanks for listening and we hope to catch you on the next episode of River Talks.